0: Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.OmegaManRadio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to nine zero three zero West Sahara Avenue, suite six six five, Las Vegas, Nevada, eight nine one one seven. We thank you. Are you ready? The Mega Man Radio Show. Tonight is a double feature. Uh, in the last program we had Pastor Charles Holtzhauser and uh, in this hour it's my special pleasure we're going to have Pastor Scott Lathrop of Soul Bait Ministries. Pastor Scott Lathrop has been called to the office of a prophet and uh, he ministers all over the world. He ministers. Uh, in the United States, and frequently travels to Europe. I understand he just got back from a trip over to Russia. And so I want to praise God that uh, brothers are going to be on tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in nightly. Again, we're doing a Monday through Sunday show from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And I've started to ramp up and uh, do an additional show in the evenings. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of broadcast as God continues to open the door. So uh, without further ado, let me go to the uh, telephone line. I'm going to get uh, Prophet Lathrop on. Prophet Scott Lathrop, how are you tonight, brother? I'm very good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, it's a real pleasure and honor to have you on the show tonight.
1: Well, it is an honor and a blessing to be on the show. I, it, it's it's a blessing to be here, and I'm looking forward
0: to hearing what the Lord has to say tonight. Praise God. Uh, Pastor, what I usually like to do is uh, start the uh, program at a prayer. So would you be uh, so kind as to pray for us tonight? Yes, I would. Well, Father God, I thank you right
1: now for uh, Shannon and his radio network, Father God, and anybody that would be listening tonight. Lord, I would ask that as the listeners listen tonight, Father God, that they would have a spirit of revelation that would come upon them and that they wouldn't just hear but they would not only hear, but do what they hear. And so, Father, I thank you for blessing the people out there tonight, Lord, and I thank you for revelation coming on to every person that's listening tonight.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor, uh, go ahead and give out uh, your ministry contact information, please, for those that are tuning in and would like to go to your website.
1: Okay. Um, our website is uh, www.SoulBaitMinistries.com, dot uh, com, and it's S O U L B A I T Ministries. M I N I S T I E S. scom um, Yeah, we we were actually preparing for that today. We were we knew we were going to be doing this tonight, so I wanted. You go to the website, you'll even see right now that uh, we've got the Omega Man Radio Network on the front page of our
0: website. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, God is awesome. Brother, uh, t- tell us about your ministry. And uh, there's a lot of people tuning in uh, live, and also that will be in the MP3. And uh, I'd like to give you the microphone. Tell us what God is doing.
1: Well, thank you. Um, God is doing a lot. Um, I. Um... First of all, I have to give a shout out to all my friends in uh Central Florida. that would be the orlando Orlando metropolitan area. I, that's where I come out of originally. I'm currently in Jacksonville uh working with some churches in Jacksonville, but I come out of orlando and uh and I know a lot of people down in Orlando are listening tonight, so I just want to say hey to all my friends down there and actually, I was down there ministering in a city called The Land last night and we had a powerful time, and I'm just, I'm just blessed. Um, but I've been in Jacksonville, and the name of my ministry is Sobate Ministries, and it comes from John uh, chapter 4, and it's the whole story of the woman at the well, because the thing about the story of the woman at the well, and the thing that was so important about that, is that when Jesus, being the prophet that he was, when he approached her, he not only, when she said, well, I can't give you water because I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew and Jews serve Samaritans, so uh, actually, you know, if you were really going to be the guy, you would be serving me. But Jesus knew how to get to her. And he basically said, well, he's you know, and he told her about his uh, five marriages and the guy that she's living with and all that. And he basically showed her her sins. But then he showed her a way out of her sin, and once she got the freedom from that, she went out and told people about Jesus. She would run ahead of him in the following cities and tell people, "Hey, you need to come see this man. He told me, and he he gave me life, and I want to." And so that's where Sobek comes from in uh, 1997. I was on I was asked to go on staff with a church full-time uh, family Christian center in central Florida. and one of the things I had to do because at the time we were a small church, um, I had to uh, raise my own salary. so not only did I have to go on have faith to go on staff, but I also had to start you know raising my own salary and then you know the church helped and you know so we, we were taken care of. But what I had to do is because I had monthly supporters. I had to send them a monthly newsletter of what I was doing for the church, and yes. so um, I started this newsletter and I called it Soul Bait. And me and my wife were looking at the old letters because I have copies of them all. And we had this giant ugly fish head and you know had a hook in it. And, you know, and it was we called Soul Bait Ministries the Evangelistic Department of FCC, and uh, that's where it started. Um, I believe that God, and where I got that from, and no, I didn't try and copy Soul Train either. um, (laughs) I was just, God was, um, I have not that kind of rhythm, but what I was trying to do is, God baited my soul. When I was nine years old, I had an angelic encounter with Jesus, or with an angel. I saw God supernaturally move in my family's life saving my dad, my mom, my brothers, my sisters, I saw God. And so I knew from the early age of nine that God was power, and I knew that his power had a purpose in my life. And I knew that my soul, and I knew from the time I was about 11 years old, I knew I was not a normal kid. Even though I loved football and I loved all the sports, and I played it in high school and school, um, I loved the sports, but in my heart I knew I was different. And because of that, I I was always very careful. And, you know, I knew that God could talk to me, and I knew that God had a plan for me. And long story short, going back, God was setting me up from the time I was nine through high school. Um, and then in the Navy, the Lord started revealing a plan, and that's how I ended up in Florida. And I got out the Navy, started working for a local church in Jacksonville. I uh, was the overseer of their evangelism. I did beach and street evangelism for, um, oh, man, 11 years. So I'm well familiar with handing out tracks and flip-flops. I'm like, you know, <laughs> uh, it, I, I was well aware of the beach scene. And as a matter of fact, that's where um, I love ministering the most. I love ministering at the beach um any beach that has an ocean sorry golf people oh, yeah. but the ocean is the ocean is where the power is and you know and so i was sitting there and that's where i rededicated my life to the lord and that's where i had my second encounter with jesus and that's when i realized that i was called to serve in ministry and that my life as it was was preserved through some things in the military that had happened to me that my life was preserved for the service to the King, and and so when I came up with SoulBait, you know everybody kept saying, "Well, this is a great name, and where did you get this, and what marketing tool did you use to come up with it?" And I'm like, "No, God just baited my soul, and and He really did. Um, and I I love I love Jesus, I love the Lord, I love His passion, and my ministry." I served 11 years as an associate evangelist in Jacksonville. Then I moved to Orlando. I was down there for 13 years, or excuse me, 12. I was down there for 12 years, and I served as an assistant pastor at Family Christian Center. But down there, God honed, and he used the pastor down there, and they honed my gifting as not just a pastor but also as a prophet because, like I said, from the time I was nine, I could hear and see things, and honestly, sir, I just thought I was nuts because wow. I would he- I would hear God, and God would talk to me. And I remember when I was backslidden, God would talk to me. He'd go, Scott, why are you doing this? And I'm going, shut up! <laughs> I know none of y'all <laughs> God shut up, but I did a couple times. You know, I have since repented, um, but, you know... I couldn't outrun his voice. Yes. And then while I would minister to people, I started noticing a thing when I would pray for them, that my prayers always included some form of prophetic word. And not that I was looking to prophesy, there was just always something with the prophetic mixed in my prayer. And then people would come up to me and they would ask me, and they'd say, hey, can you pray for me again? They said, we like your prayers. And I'm like, why? And they said, "Well, they keep coming to pass." And I'm like, "Yes." Oh, cool. Okay. Because at this point, I'm just, you know, because I'm working around great men of God. And you know what? If there's if there's a party and there's great men of God everywhere, I'm just not the guy that fits in that party. I mean, uh, the anointing of God makes room for everybody. Yes. But in my mind, growing up, because I grew up in Nowheresville, Iowa, actually I grew up in a town called Waterloo, Iowa. And because of where I come from, I just didn't think, I didn't ever think I would ever get to minister to anybody significant. And I was so blown away that the doors, because God has baited my soul, the doors that God has opened up for me to the point where I've even gotten to prophesy to the former president of the United States. I mean, wow. It, it,
0: that's an it's,
1: honor. Yeah. You know, I was blown away. I I got a thing from the White House saying, "Hey, and I'm going." Oh God, did I do something wrong? Is the FBI? Um, you know, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking conspiracy theory here, and actually, it was an acknowledgement of a word that I had given the president two or three years ago. Oh my goodness! And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so. But that's it's really God's cool. Ability that opens those doors. It's not. If it, was, if it was relied on Scott, if it was relied on Scott's ability, I couldn't do it. I, 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 would, I would mess it up in a nanosecond. I tell people all the time because, you know, people will say, especially those that don't have a lot of faith, they'll say, well, you know, aren't you afraid that you're going to lose? I said, I don't have nothing to lose because I don't have a fear of losing anything because I never, I never built anything. Yes. I got everything from Jesus. Jesus gave it to me. And as long as I serve him, I know I'm never going to lose it. Because the Bible says that his gifts and callings are yes and amen or forever and ever. Absolutely. And so I just, you know, I get real excited about that. And so about three years ago in 2000, in, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. In 2005. I had talked to my senior pastor, and, um, he, he said, I, I told him, I said, I feel like God is starting to transition some things, and he, I said, I don't know, but I feel like some things are going to change, and he said, yeah, and I said, I don't know, and then I met this couple in Jacksonville, Florida, and I was invited up to help, um, not ordain them, but they were given a church from another pastor. The other pastor was called into the mission field, and he wanted to transfer the church over to them. They were youth pastors in his church, so they were already ordained, but he'd asked me to come up and pray and prophesy over the transition. So I came up, and when I came up that weekend, I'd met with the pastor. I left his house, in the and the Lord says, Scott, you're going back to Jacksonville and you're going to help this man establish his church. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go back to Jacksonville. Uh, (laughs) Lord, I'm an assistant pastor. We started with 19 people. I'm in a church of, at that time it was like 1,800, and I'm like, I'm an assistant pastor. I got the big butt front row chair. I'm good. I don't need to move. (laughs) Well, here I sit in Jacksonville, in the corporate headquarters of Soul Bait Ministries, which is basically one extra bedroom in our house. But God has supernaturally, he moved us up here. And when when we left um, Central Florida, God had told me, he said, Scott, it's time for you to step out into your own ministry. He said, yes, you're going to help this man build his ministry, but as you help him, I'm going to build you at the same time. And so in 2007, we started officially uh, Soul Bait Ministries. It no longer was a newsletter. It actually became a ministry. And I've only been around a little over three years and change. And what I thought we were starting to do is not nothing what I thought we what we are doing. God has so opened up doors for us. Um, while I was in Central Florida, I taught all the time on how to hear God's voice. I spent ten years teaching people how to prophesy, how to learn how to interpret dreams. How, I, I spent inordinate amounts of times on teaching people how to recognize the true God, the false God in our own flesh. You know, so, you know, when I started Soul Bait I thought, well that's what I'll continue to do. And I have done that. But as I've done that, God's saying, All right, I want you to go down this road. I want you to go down that road. And I'm going, oh, Jesus. And, you know, I was in uh, Central Florida last night, and I was teaching on faith and fear. And i got to be honest, I love faith because faith is a great narcotic. Yes. If there's anybody that's ever done drugs and you want to get off that drug and get on a really good drug, try faith on. Because faith will stretch you and it, it will push you, but it will also be the most exhilarating thing you ever do. Because in faith, that means I surrender myself to God and His plan, and I say, yes, sir, and do. And God does, and God opens up doors. And so we we started with all the Hearing God's Voice classes, but then something real funny happened about two years ago. After our first year, um, I was invited... Um To a church in Jacksonville um and the church had just went through a really bad church split. The pastor invited a man in the man came in and literally stole his congregation wow and you know and and so the next thing I know i 'm over there ministering to him. well, the funny thing is is he's Russian
0: oh. and
1: Uh, I'm sitting there, I'm actually one of only two American people in this Russian church. And I start ministering to the pastor. Because here's my heart. The office of the prophet, a a true prophet doesn't just prophesy. If all you hear is, well, I'm prophet so-and-so, or I'm prophetess so-and-so, and all I do is prophesy, and I can read your mail backwards, forwards, and see through you, and see the kryptonite, and see all the other stuff, that's not really a true prophet That's somebody that's walking in the gift of prophecy. A true prophet has a heart for the leaders of the nations and of the body of Christ. And the leaders of the body of Christ are your pastors, your teachers, your evangelists, and your apostles. And I have a heart. I I, I spend more time ministering to pastors than I actually do to people because that's where my heart is. The Lord said... He told me a long time ago, he said, "Scott, I need you to be my dumpster." And I said, "What do you mean by that, sir?" And he says, as he says, "My pastors have no place to release." Oh. He, says, he says, "I want you to be the dumpster, and so I get I get calls all the time. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be getting a call from Texas, hopefully y'all listening out there tonight.
0: Yes
1: there's a, there's a man in Texas going to be calling me tomorrow morning. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, you know, God, and my my. It's not that pastors have all these problems; it's just they need a place to vent, you know. And and God knows that, and that's why He created the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is for the equipping of the saints, and so we're to equip. But in the equipping, man, it gets hard sometimes.
0: We hear that a lot, Scott. uh, But the fivefold ministry. What is the fivefold ministry? For the fivefold ministry
1: is the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists. Okay. I, I when I teach it, I call that God's executive branch. Oh. All right. Then you have Congress. Alright, you have the House, you have the House seats, and that's gonna be your people in the church and your new believers. Alright? Then you have the Senate and the Senate is your ushers, your deacons, your children's church workers. They're people. You have the House. Everybody's just coming in. House is the lowest form of government. Well, actually, it's an equal form, but in in status symbol, when you're a House of Representative member, you're the, considered the lowest form of government by other House members. And you know what I'm saying by the mm-hmm. by the branch. All right. So you have the House. That's all the new people coming into the kingdom. That's the people. That's the people. Then you have the Senate, which is the next step up, and that is, um, that's your ushers, that's your deacons, that's the people that are taking the house people and having them, teaching them how to work together and taking them to the next level. Then you have your executive branch, and that is your apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, and they oversee the House and the Senate. And then you have the judicial, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so you have all forms of government, and one is looking out for another. God is looking out for me, so I want to look out for my fellow pastors, I want to look out for my fellow evangelists, my teachers, my apostles, you know, fellow prophets. I want to look out for them all, but at the same time, I need to look at the Senate. I need to encourage and prophesy and minister to the people that are leading and working in the trenches. And then I need to also look at the people that are coming into the body. You know, they've, they've been elected in. They've elected Jesus into their hearts. So now they're in the House. So now we have to go and we have to go teach them so they can move into the Senate. And eventually the senators all want a piece of the legislative branch or the executive branch, so there is a Holy Spirit pr- progression. Now, granted, that's a little extreme because it is an election season. Hope, at least in Florida, we had our primary on on Tuesday, so hopefully everybody got out and voted. But that, I, I say that to say that God is God is doing something, and my my heart's desire and the burden that God put on my heart is for churches and getting back to that Russian church. He, he, he was at about 150 people, and the first time I came to his church, um, the second time I came to his church, there was 40. And and I just wanted to encourage the brother, and I was praying with him, and I was prophesying to his family, and I was prophesying to his wife, and I just encouraged him. Well, I didn't realize that in the Russian church, they're all, dude, they're connected. Really. And the yeah. next thing I know, I get a call from this pastor in Chicopee, Massachusetts. He says, "Hey, brother, can you come up here?" I'm <laughs> like, "Dude, I ain't going nowhere cuz I don't know who you are." <laughs> Finally, the guy down here in Jacksonville says, "No, you need to go up there." And through a series of strange events, God opened up a door and we've been ministering for the last year and a half in Russian churches up and down the East Coast. I How have many good- were you- What
0: how many would you estimate that they have in the in the USA? Are there a lot of Russian churches?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, wow. I would say. Um. Oh, I would say on the, just on the from the Midwest to the East Coast, there's probably probably uh, probably about 500 churches.
0: Holy cow, that's a lot. I didn't realize that.
1: From from the um, from the Mississippi to California there's probably probably another six, seven hundred churches.
0: Hey, that's in, awesome. Like, in,
1: in Sacramento, which is a city that we're going to hopefully be in next year, um, that is the largest congregation of Russians in the country. There is a church there that has, it's a church of over uh, 10,000 members, and in just the city of Sacramento alone, there are 100,000 Christian Russians.
0: Good grief, that's a lot. I didn't realize that. Uh, I knew of... Um,
1: yeah. Well, I didn't small... either, I, you know, because they're very low-key, and you don't know about it. And now, kudos to the Assemblies of God, because most of the ch- churches that are in the states, they the Assemblies of God ordained most of the Russian pastors. And okay. the Assemblies of God let them use their facilities. You know, like the Assemblies of God will have a 10 a.m., the Russian church, like the church I go to here in Jacksonville, they start their service at two. Oh. Because that way they use the same building and it helps them build. Now there are some Russian churches that have gotten so big that they have their own buildings. And okay. and so, I mean, we've been to Chicago. There's a, there's several large um, Russian churches in Chicago. Um, they're They're all over the place. And but in, in in doing that, last year, God opened up a door for us to go to uh, Murmansk, Russia. And that was really incredible. We took a team of 12 people from three different churches. Actually, it might have been four different churches, now that I think about four different churches. And uh, when we went to Russia, we, we saw revival. And it was incredible. And just to give you a geographical location of where... Murmansk was Murmansk was about eight hundred miles south of the magnetic north pole. So literally, we were at the top of the world.
0: Wow, is that down near the ocean? Uh, Did they have like a like a big submarine military base or something there? Oh, very much so, very much so. Yeah, there were parts
1: of the city that we weren't allowed to walk in, and and we were very gently and lovingly kept away from those parts of the city. And you know what? I personally might have, being a former Navy guy, I would have probably been interested uh, to go and see those things because I know their only aircraft carrier was stationed there, and I love to went and seen it. Oh, but, yeah. you know, I'm going to follow their rules because I don't want to go in their jail. So
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> you know,
1: I'll go to jail for preaching the gospel. I won't go to jail to take a picture of an aircraft carrier. Sorry, I can get that from Google Earth,
0: you know. Uh, hey, absolutely. I just heard that name somewhere. Maybe it was on a... A Discovery Channel show, but uh, I thought I remember that being near the ocean. And of course, you love the beach, so that was perfect for you. Um, oh yeah. Now, so what's it like being in Russia uh, when you get out there to preach? Uh, do people, large crowds, small crowds, show up? What's it like? Large crowds. Well, when we when we went to Murmansk, um,
1: the the first day we were there, um, we met with all the local pastors and. I was kind of disappointed because uh, the local pastors didn't want us there, and yeah, that kind of put. I I wasn't afraid. I'm like, well, hey, I've preached. I'll preach on the street. I don't care. I got a hotel room for ten days, so I'm good. Whatever. But they didn't really want us there, and so like the first day, attendance was really sparse. But then all of a sudden, people started getting. There were supernatural, miraculous healings taking place to the point where by the third day, people would come in the morning and sit, and they would bring their lunch so they could get their seat for the evening service.
0: Oh, man. That's awesome. They would awesome. sit
1: all day in the church just so they could get have a seat for the evening service. Wow. And then by the time we were into like the eighth day, I remember one night I walked out and... Um, I was moved because I walked outside and the building was packed. And I walked out and there's cars parked down the street. And what they were doing is they were waiting for people to leave the building. And as they left the building, they would run in. People from the cars would run in. And then, of course, by this time, I had become a recognizable figure. And when I walked out and I was standing on the front porch of the church... All of a sudden, all the car doors open, they're like, hey, come to our car, pray. And literally, me and this other young lady, we walked around the block, because there was that many cars, and we, we would stick our hands in the cars and pray for the people in the cars. Oh, my goodness. Because they couldn't awesome. get into the ministry. And I was so moved. I understood where Jesus said when he saw the people they had followed him. I understood the compassion that he had for the people. Because I saw the people, and I knew they weren't going to get in the building. These people had been waiting all day to get in. And so there was a tremendous outpouring on that trip, and it was really powerful. And then when I got back, we got, um, we started doing um, another Hearing God's Voice. And this bishop from Siberia, everybody said, oh, this bishop's coming to class tonight. And I'm like, okay, I I hear Bishop, Apostle, I, I hear name... I hear titles bantered around, and I'm not moved by a person's title. I'm moved by their anointing.
0: Yes. And
1: and so, you know, everybody was like, ooh, this bishop's coming to your class tonight. And I didn't even tell the pastors of the whole church, because in my mind it wasn't that big a deal until he got there. And then I realized who this guy was, and I'm like, oh. And um, he he says, pastor, he says, you are coming to Siberia this summer and you are going to teach my people how to prophesy. And I'm sitting
0: there going, great,
1: another little church. Well, his church wasn't that little. (laughs) His church sat just under 800 people. We had about 700 people every night while we we went to Siberia. Um, While we were in Siberia, we did um, another Hearing God's Voice class. But this one was just for pastors. This guy had over 50 churches underneath him. And because of that, we were able, he had all his pastors. This was not open to the public because the public wanted it, but he wasn't letting anybody in but the pastors because, and that to me was like steak on the plate because I'm like, that's my heart. I want to minister to the pastors because if I can get to the pastors, well, they can get to the people. So let me get to the pastors. And so I spent a week, we we condensed the class and we did two two sessions a day and um, they brought everybody in from all over Siberia and so the first week we just did the Hearing God's Voice class. Then the second week they had us go to all these different churches throughout Siberia and I didn't know until we were about ready to leave that we were the first American missionaries in these parts, while we were there, we were taken to a Russian gulag. We led fourteen people to the Lord in what I called the doorstep to hell.
0: Was it uh, is it still an actual operation? Uh, oh yeah.
1: A gu- the gulag we went to was over four hundred years old.
0: Folks, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mega Man Network. We've got Prophet Scott Letherpon from Soulbait Ministries. Uh, Scott, uh, tell us what a gulag is for those that uh, are not familiar with that term. A
1: gulag is it's a Russian it's it's a Russian prison. But you know when we think of prisons here in America, first of all, they don't have cable TV. <laughs> uh, but when you think of a when you think of a prison here, you think of an establishment out in the middle of nowhere. The people drive to the establishment. They guard the inmates, and then they come back to the town. That is not the way the gulags work. The gulags themselves are an actual community. So, in other words, if I was a guard in the Russian prison system, I would work at the prison, but I would live just outside the prison.
0: Okay.
1: And they call the community a gulag because it's not just... You have your minimum, maximum, and medium security prisons all within a two-mile radius of each other. You can see all the prisons, and you can see they have a shopping center, they have a school for the kids, because the thing that was tripping me out was the oppression was so strong, and I'm watching these little kids, and I'm like, this is tripping, and I'm like, but, you know, it was a bright day, and all I saw was darkness, and so when we got into this church that we were invited to, we started, we just started praying for people, and I'd been prophesying to, you know, like 700 people a day. And so it all became a blur to me after a while. But in this place, I started off and I just said, hey, does anybody want to know Jesus? Do you want to know the light of love? And next thing I know, there's 14 people standing up. And I, I about cried. That moved me because to me, prophecy's great. exhortation's great. But, man, when you can get people in the kingdom of heaven and away from the kingdom of hell,
0: that is a
1: good day.
0: That's where you score, folks, because he that wins souls is wise. Amen. Uh, Scott, when you said uh, gulag, we're not talking about uh, where you get three square meals a day. You know, they feed you oh, no. really good. They they no. let you out for exercise and uh, let you take college classes. Are we?
1: No, no. I remember, no, no, and 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 this was like I said, it was extreme and. And it was so funny because when we got done, and the favor of God was on us because, you know, the guards were like, you can't take pictures of us. You can't let it, you know, you can't take pictures of the prison. and But they did let us take pictures of us standing by the prison sign. So really? I have a picture of me standing by a gulag sign. Wow. So it's gulag 117 or something like that or 114 or something like that. And I'm sitting there going, Cool. They let us do that, but we couldn't take a picture of anything else. But it was so funny because there was three of us, and two of us were American. They were just amazed that Americans would go into that place and just try and reach people. And I was just like, man, I'm going to go wherever my van driver takes me, and wherever he takes me, God is going to protect me, and we're just going to preach and prophesy, and we're going to lead people to the Lord, we're going to heal the sick, we're going to do... The Great Commission. God said, "Go ye, I'm ye, you are ye, and I'm going to go do what I need to do, and that's all there is to it." And so it it, it, was, it was actually a blessing. And I will say this: um, we were at a women's gulag. It was a women's prison, and I, I when I got back, I actually did have dreams about that place because it it, it 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 was. If it wasn't the scariest place on Earth, it was pretty close to being the scariest place on Earth because of what we saw, and I'm not really going to get into that, because they do that to break people. The whole purpose in Siberia was designed by the Russian government as an exile state. The whole purpose of sending people to Siberia back in the day is so that they would die. They they wouldn't sentence them. They said, All right, we, we can't, your crime's not bad enough to sentence you to death, so what we'll do is we'll exile you to Siberia and hope you die.
0: And Listen, if you didn't die from the extreme elements over there, you would probably die in these torture camps. Oh yeah and uh
1: oh, yeah. They, that's they why Because I, I asked because they didn't have like the big giant razor wire or anything like that. As a matter of fact their prison walls were wood.
0: I mean, where are you going to run to?
1: <laughs> well, but the thing of it is is on the inside, the wood is sanded and smooth. you can't climb it. Oh And so and then when you get to the top of it, all they have are two strips of electrical wire, or you know electrical fence. But bottom line is is, you know, I was asking, I was asking one of the ladies uh, that was there. I said, "So where's solitary confinement?" And they go, we don't have solitary confinement here. And um, she goes, this is, and they had to keep saying, this is not America. We don't put people by themselves when they're bad. When they're bad, they get, they get correction. Oh. And you and you can take correction any way you want to take it. They asked me if I wanted to go there, and I said, no, thank you. So, <laughs> just say, you know, because they were very open. Wow. You know, I was, I was shocked. I was just like. I was expecting to say oh no you don't need to see this you know but they were open they're like oh you want to see this and I'm like no not really you know <laughs> so but you know we got there and it was so powerful and the, and Shannon the thing that's really cool and God has really given me favor with the Russian people which to me I don't know why if if I was a Russian person I wouldn't like me you know because I just I grew up as a lot of us did in the era of the Cold War, and I thought the communists were the evil empire. You know, I thought, you know, I remember, you know, all the stuff growing up, you know, hey, you know, communists don't have church. One of the things I learned, and I want to say this over your radio network. Yes. Even though there was a communist government for 70 years in Russia, do you know the one thing that communists could never kill? In 70 years, they could not kill You know, growing up in America, I always heard that Russia was an atheistic country. No, it was an atheistic government. The people would still have church, and the church never died in Russia. It was smothered, and it it was looking really bleak there for a while, but it never died. And see, because that's the one thing I kept asking these guys when I'd go over there. Well, what was it like then to come? no. well, Grandpa Jones, he got sent to he got sent away, he never came back. You know, so and so, he was preaching, he got sent away, he never got came back. And in their mind, I'm sitting there going, "Oh my God, these guys are martyrs. They're great people of the faith. They were preaching, taken away and they never came back." And I'm sitting there going, "Oh Lord, this is incredible." And he and and but to them, it was it was their just service.
0: Yeah, and they I, would uh they would arrest them for uh, having a Bible, folks, and, and take them away oh, yeah. to these camps. Scott, uh, did did you get into any of the uh, grocery stores that we hear about that uh, supposedly have nothing on the shelves? Um, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Is we there a shortage
0: to- of toilet paper, for example?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would add, that would be the one question I was hoping that there was not. Um, now, at one time, there was an extreme shortage in Russia. Um, but when I was there, there was food in the stores. Now, that being said, there was food, but it's funny you would mention toilet paper. Man, a roll of Charmin was a roll of gold. Wow. Because they, they, for whatever reason, the paper products just, I don't know if there was a strike, but, man, wherever wherever you went, man, it was like guard the toilet paper.
0: I like baby know. wipes myself, but. <laughs> whatever, but, I was, but uh, I'll, take, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, well, uh, just no Sears robot catalog like the old days or corn cobs. But uh, yeah, no. we get a little bit of graphic from time to time on this show. Um, let me ask you a question, uh, Scott. What is going on? It seems that America and Russia are doing the flip-flop. And what I mean by that is um, you've got masses of people over there hungry for Christ. Doors are opening up. You've got personal freedoms over there. And everything that Russia was known for, America seems to be uh taking on now. We've got uh persecution for the faith, uh erosion of civil liberties. Uh it just seems to be getting you know, like the you feel like the uh the web kind of right. shrinking in, you know, the net coming in on us. Right. Uh is it just me that feels that or is there actually a uh
1: I think that there's two things in play here. First, let me talk about Russia. Um, I I do believe, everybody keeps saying, when's the next revival going to hit? I have said this, and I will say this to you. I believe the next great worldwide outpouring is going to come from the Slavic countries. I do believe that. Their hunger for the word is unparalleled. Now, that's not to slight America on that. that. Well, it could be a slight on the American church a little bit, but it's not to slight them... It's like, all of a sudden, as of 1991, they were given this brand new car. And so they have this brand new car that they get to drive for the first time. Religious freedom without persecution. Because everybody says, well, the communists were bad. Yeah, the communists were bad, and everybody... But, oh, (laughs) the czars weren't any cake either. You either went to the czar's church, that's where the Russian Orthodox Church was founded out of, was a political system, and the czars weren't a picnic either. Yes. You know, but I think for the first time in, in 1991 when they got that freedom, when all the former Soviet states that are now their own countries again got that freedom, it's like, I got a new car. And, it, and, and because of that, their faith is unrivaled. They got to have something that four generations before them couldn't have, and so they're wanting to make the most of it because the one thing that I do notice when I'm in Russia is they're enjoying their freedom now. But if you talk to them, there's still a spirit of oppression and that's because they also believe that one day they're going to get as much faith, as much food, as much freedom as they can now because in one day they believe it's going to be taken away.
0: You know, people talk about Glasnost and Perestroika and, uh, a lot of people said well, the you know Cold war is over and russia is uh, no more then you've got another camp which says that was just a, a diversionary tactic while all the while they've been building up um, to be the you know to be the bear that the bible right. talks about you know Gog and Magog I guess if i have my prophecy right, right. i mean i i understand that the president over there for example uh, they've been taking all these oil reserves, and they've been investing in gold, and they've been taking the ruble, backing it with gold, and they're they're getting their economy in shape, and uh, they're building the military, and just kind of leaving us in the dust. What's going on, brother? That uh, they seem to be prospering, and we seem to be going in a different direction. Well, and uh, and I I'm not saying that it's just happened. I believe that it's been spread over a number of presidencies. So, folks, I'm not um, I'm not trying to. Um, uh, point my finger at any any one person. I'm talking about. I just see something. It, it's like uh, we're not the great country that we once were. Scott, what? Where did we go wrong?
1: Well, honestly, I w- I was sharing with somebody, and the other day we were talking, and I said I said you know, I said I really believe, and this is just my opinion. This is not scripture. This is just Scott. My thing is is if you look at the fall of the Roman Empire, they didn't fall militarily because they had the greatest military in the world. They fell because their character dissolved and it made them into dust. They didn't have the character that they had when they became the Roman Empire. Well, the United States, the thing with the United States, a couple years ago the Lord was showing me, as a matter of fact it started in uh, 2008, um, and and... actually at the beginning of 2008 um the lord was showing me that a great that the great a great blanket had been covered over the united states and it was and that it was snuffing out the light that the united states was now i'm wow. not i'm not talking i'm not talking political i'm not talking anything but spiritual yes and, and I sat there and and the it disturbed me because when I prophesy it says in Corinthians that prophecy is for exhortation and comfort and I'm like, Lord, you showing me a blanket being covered over the country uh, that's not very comforting to me right now and he's like, and what I believe is happening in America as far as spiritually, I believe God we're that church we're we're, we're second Corinthians. 1 Corinthians we got all the promises. We got hold, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Do this, this and this. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul has to go back and say, "But we didn't do you didn't do this, you didn't do this, and you didn't do this." And I think that's where we are. We're 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 spiritually in the woodshed getting spanked for the things that we should do that we're not doing. Amen, and brother. That's where I, that's where I see the American, and it's not any particular denomination. It's a people culture. Somebody asked yes. me this, They said, Scott. They said, Why do you think? How did you become a missionary? And I said, I am not a missionary. If I was a missionary, I would really stink at it, because I'm not a missionary. But what I am is, I'm a man who's read scripture. And the scripture always tells us to look for the opportunities of God. And if we follow the opportunities of God as they present themselves from God, and us not trying to push God into our own manipulative little corner, then as we follow those things, then God will bring those things to pass, and we will have a fruitful and faithful life. And so when I tell people, they say, are you a missionary? I say, no, I'm a man who walks through open doors. I walk through the doors, that, and because I've had major ministries now contact me, and they're like, Scott, you're the only one that, you're, you're like really one of a handful of American people that have gotten into the Russian culture. You've gotten into the people. Can you get me in? And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. you know. I don't. And it's not that I want to hoard it, because, dude, I think everybody has a word. If you step into the anointing, God will give you a word. It's not about that. It's about, do you want to do it for yourself, or do you want to do it because God's calling you to do it?
0: Brother, if you're uh, enlisting in armor, we've got a whole bunch of people in the chat room that are saying, take me on, Scott, I want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is exciting, brother. Um, Maybe uh, ask you. Now, you went to Murmansk, uh, you've been to Siberia, um, and I know you usually do this just in person, but uh, give us just a taste. What were some of the um, the manifestations of the Spirit and the power of God that you saw? And I understand you even saw angels there, so yes. you had a, a pretty miraculous trip. Give us a, just a tasting, a little sample.
1: Well, e- each time I went, I've been three times now. The first time I went, I went to Kiev, that's in the Ukraine, in 2001. And on that trip, one of the most outstanding things that happened is um, and that's where I got released into my prophetic. It's funny that I walked into my office as a prophet in a foreign mission field in a Russian state. Wow. I find, I find that funny because in that trip, um, I actually saw um, a dead baby come back to life. Oh they my put goodness. it in my arms, cold and blue, and I freaked out. And I can't <laughs> say that I was a model of experience. I'm like freaking Jesus! This is a dead baby, and I just curled up like I, I curled up like a uh, an armadillo. That's the best way I could describe it. I was tripping. Ten minutes later, after praying for it, holding it close to my chest, it came back to life. They Praise took the God. baby, and then I ran out the back of the doors. We went to Murmansk, <laughs> and when I went to Murmansk, I saw people get healed. We, I, I have. Right here in front of me, a little girl gave me this letter, and and it's I keep it in my Bible, and it was she was sexually abused by her father, and because of the healing power of God, I prayed for her, and then I had some on my deliverance team pray for her. She got healed, and now she's not afraid of men anymore. And the first man she'd hugged was me. Oh, pretty God! This year in Siberia, the whole time I'm there. On four different occasions, I had specific angelic visitations. Um, I, I saw an angel four times, the same angel. Wow. I had four different distinct, and, and each time, God would tell me, take notes. I have pages of notes. that Because the first night, of course, the Bible says, test everything. Yes. So the first night I saw the angel, I was testing it. I'm like, well, who sent you, you know? because I'm tripping because I would just flown for 15 hours so honestly I thought I was in a uh, um a, a sleep sleep and days lack of sleep induced hallucination I'm like okay I'm tripping and I hadn't even had anything to trip on um oh, you didn't even man. have any red bull <laughs> yeah, there's a big dude in my room and he's blowing and I'm like whoa and the next thing I know he goes I have a message for you from the lord Oh. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, you don't. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And he just sort of stood there, and I said, who sent you? And then he just, I, and all of a sudden I said, did, I, all of a sudden I said, did um, Jesus send you? And he just went, and he just started going, and then I knew it was from him. And then all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, Scott, shut up. Let him deliver the message to you. You're going to hear things, and I want you to write them down. Wow. And you know what, Shannon? And I've not—I've only shared this one time, and it was at the Bridge Church in Jacksonville. The Lord gave me some distinctive things in these messages about what's coming to America.
0: Are you at it liberty I mean, to share? In
1: the middle of Siberia, and God talks <laughs> to me about America. I'm in America, and I don't hear diddly do. Oh man! But I get over in Siberia, and all he talk i am like, Lord, you are just sadistic. Get me out of the country to talk to me about the country I'm from. That's just not
0: cool, you know, but it was fun. Let me ask you uh, i I probably would have fainted myself, but were did you uh see any uh, armor on this angel? Was it carrying a sword oh, yeah. or anything?
1: Oh no yeah, oh yeah i it was very clear i saw I saw and the thing of it is is um, and I really don't we don't have because I see that we only have like a few minutes left.
0: Uh, brother, we, we got, uh, we've we got an extension of time. This is such a great show. I mean, people are just pouring into the uh, chat room, so uh, I'll go as long as you're able, my brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, also want to res- I don't want to have everybody calling in. I'm sorry, I was up all night listening to the Omega Man. This oh, man. Listen, know, listen.
0: I want people to go to work and go to bed, too, but I will. Brother, I, listen, I was going to have some coffee before this show, and I don't even need any coffee right now. You're energizing me. I feel well, like I and, just had a Red Bull. Yeah, I, I mean this I'm, is this is exciting, brother. So or you, something you um, have an angel appeared there and he's got yeah. uh seven things that the Lord his wants him to share about what's coming on America.
1: Yes, well actually it was four things or four different visitations and one of the things that happened my last night in Siberia um I I haven't shared this a lot is the Lord gave me a dream flash an open vision it started as a dream I woke up into the vision and was conscious and at the end of the vision was the same angel I'd saw through the whole time of my time in Siberia and he put a string and he tied everything together God doesn't leave us guessing he he may be strategic on how he tells us things but God does not leave us guessing and so uh, you know it, it was just it was a powerful thing. Um,
0: I Brother, you can't un- you can't hand me a chip and then take away the bag. Uh, <laughs> I can't go to a Mexican restaurant and just have one chip. You got to give us a taste. Can you share anything with us tonight? Uh, I'll just share. I'll, I'll, oh, shoot, boy!
1: Um, I'll just say this: um, when I when I, when I saw the angel, first of all, you got to understand that God when God when you have a visitation. Yes. It's in three dimensions. Wow. And, 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 and it, it's always going to be about you first. And then it's going to be about your family. Then it's going to be about your country or your ministry. And that comes from 1 Timothy. When God deals with people, he deals with them first. Then he deals with the family. Then he deals with their country. And that's what was happening with me and these angels or this angelic visitation is God was dealing with me. I mean, I was I'm in the middle of Siberia and I'm taken to the woodshed while preaching five times a day and all over the place and exhausted and God I I mean there was not much sleep for years truly while I was there. And he he just kept showing me, you know, that that I'm, I don't have my notes with me. I don't want. I don't want to go
0: into what he actually said unless I read my notes. We're going to bring you back on to do that show. I mean, uh, I mean, folks, this is this is the real deal. This is real ministry, uh, brother. This reminds me of the time I heard uh, brother Michael Boldea give the uh, testimony of how he saw the same angel that appeared his grandfather dimitri dudeman who actually smuggled more bibles into romania probably than any other man ever and russia and this was the guy was tortured uh for the gospel on an electric chair three times and he would see this angel and it would come in and it was the same angel he had seen as a young boy but it's appearing to him now as an older man and uh i mean this stuff will make the hair stand up on your arms because you're experiencing uh the power of god and uh that that gets my attention, as I'm sure it got your attention. Um, whoa. i <laughs> That's when you better have a notepad and a good pen. <laughs> yeah. I've well, been in places I, you know, where, where the information comes and I had no pen. <laughs> oh, well, God I, have mercy.
1: Well, I just, you know, I was just, I, you know, I wasn't looking. You know what was so funny is I had a friend go with me on the trip and he was the one actually believing for the angelic in visitations. I was actually believing for the just surviving of the trip. Yes. And uh I he goes he came into my room and he goes he goes, Pastor, he says, I'm believing God we're gonna have angelic visitations. I said, Too late. He's already been here <laughs> He goes, You got the visitation He said, I wanted the visitation And I said, I would love to give you the visitation but right now I am comfortably numb. You know, wow. because the the power of God was really, and it was really distinctive, and and it was really powerful. Um, I do want to say this uh, for those listening: um, if you want to be praying for us, we're going to New York City in a couple weeks.
0: Do you and have a date and a location. Huh? Do you have a date and location that you can give out on that?
1: Uh I have a date. I just because <laughs> I don't know New York City, and again, I don't have that information in front of me. Um, we are going to be ministering. At a um, at a Jewish uh, church, awesome. And so we're gonna we're gonna be ministering at a Jewish church, um, and I, I just got in touch with the rabbi, and they want me to come in and um, you know, because Jews do believe in the prophetic.
0: Yes, not absolutely.
1: Agree on the source, but I'm actually gonna go in and ha- actually te- teach on Jesus, the prophet, and so I'm really excited about that. And for those of you that are interested. We're also leaving at the end of September. I'm going back to Russia. Um, I'm going to be in the Ukraine, down on the Black Sea for two weeks. Uh, I've been asked to come in and lead a revival service. So we're going to actually be, we're believing God.
0: <laughs> uh, you can co- go to our website and you'll see, see all about it. Scott, uh, give out uh, your ministry website for those just tuning in and how they can get in contact uh, with you at Soul Ministries.
1: Uh, if they go to our website, which is www.sobateministries.com, they will find out, they can, they will learn everything about us. There's pictures up of our trips to Russia, of all our places that we're visiting here in the States, um, where I was last night, as a matter of fact. I mean, you can find all this stuff out, um, and you can see that um, there are, if you come to the website, you'll be able to also see how there are ways that you can help us go to Russia. I do not ask the people, and I always say, if God is sending me to a place, then God is going to bring the provision. So if there's, you know, if people come and God tells you to give something, you can give right there on the website. You can find out about our materials. I have a book. I don't know about you, but there, there's a lot of people giving prophecies right now. yes. And two years ago, God had me write a book on how to test and prove prophecy. And right now I have that book, and I have it in English, I have it in Spanish, and I have it in Russian. And I'm about to try and have it put in Chinese.
0: In the the minutes remaining, uh, I wanted to fire off a couple quick questions, and that was one of them, Scott. There's so many people that say, yes, I'm a prophet, and they'll give a word, and it doesn't come to pass, and the people get let down, and... Even today, as I was preparing for the show, I was telling your brother, I said, Brother, I've been around a long time, and uh, I can tell you, I can probably only count on my hands a few men of God that I trust. And I said, uh, Prophet Scott Lathrop is one of them, because I have seen the words he's given, even in my own life, come to pass. And uh, so that's a question that a lot of people ask, Scott. Um, what is the test of a true prophet, and uh, how can they know if uh, someone that says that their prophet is, is the real deal. Because, clearly, there's the real and there's the counterfeit. Am I correct?
1: Oh, most definitely. Actually, there's a counterfeit in the entire... You know, everybody's looking for the false prophet. Do you know that there are false pastors? There are false teachers? Yes. There are false yes. evangelists? I mean, so they're all out there. The best way to prove prophecy, first of all, you look for fruit. The Bible says you judge a man by his fruit. And good fruit follows good ministries. In other words, if, there, if there's, a, you know, there's continued success, in other words, they're not always wrong, but there's good success. But one of the best ways that I can say is when, when, uh, when you get that word, what's your spirit man saying? Is that a good word? Now, there are times God has corrected me and my flesh is going that word stinks but my spirit's going scott be quiet you need that word god is speaking that to you so don't let the enemy steal it from you and i'm going he can have it no he can't so you have to you have to you have to when you receive a prophetic word we have nine i have uh in this book um it's called puzzle pieces um we talk about how to test okay. and prove prophecy, and we in one chapter we talk about how to test and prove prophecy. And there's seven steps. Does it contradict the word of God? No prophetic word you should ever, ever, ever get would contradict the word of God. If it contradicts the word of God, chunk it. Okay, you know it can't contradict the word of God. Is 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 the word of God from a reputable minister? In other words, is it is it is it somebody that's been in the ministry more than two weeks? You know, oh, hey, I just, I'm just i just a new prophet, and I'm, you know. No, most prophets come through seasoning. They're, if you're walking in the prophetic and you're walking in it consistently, we're always learning. I'm always learning, at least. I don't know about anybody. I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm still learning. And so my thing is, is, there's no new prophets, because we're all prophesying the same thing. It's the difference is our motivation and how we prophesy it. And I know
0: I God uh, will always reveal his uh, plan to the prophets. Yes. Uh, and in the Bible, we've talked about a school of the prophets, I think, back in Elijah Elisha's day.
1: Yes, yeah, 2 Kings, um, it was Elisha. Um, when I do my graduation, actually I'm having a graduation of my Hearing God's Voice class, Um, one of the things that I bring in that was given to me when I first got my mantle as a prophet is I have an axe head.
0: Axe head?
1: Yeah, an axe head because that's from 2 Kings, um, I believe it's chapter 19, and it talks about when the the prophets were building a school to learn prophecy, they lost their axe head in the river, Elisha walked up to the riverbank and called it out and the axe floated. Oh I right. Yeah. On my axe head it says one one of my mantles is to be a teacher of prophets. I have been teaching prophecy for well, I started teaching in nineteen ninety seven, so
0: I I've been doing it a little while. There's a lot of people who feel that uh they're called into prophecy. Uh you know, that they're um they've got that, you know, uh we we know one, one guy he's fifteen years old and uh we call him the young prophet we believe that uh god is uh grooming him for the the office of the prophet and uh you know uh there's people who say i feel called to be a prophet uh do you have a school of the prophets that people can uh yes, get in and, I, I and develop the skill
1: yeah i do have a school um right now it's it's very small it's here in jacksonville it's a two year program um but That's by (laughs) invitation only right now. But I do also have a Hearing God's Voice class, and that I teach all over the place, all over the country, and we teach people, and that's the steps to get into the prophetic. You really think you're called to the prophetic? Let's let's test your prophetic abilities. And we we do that in the class. And then, of course, those that don't think they're called to the prophetic – the Bible says that we all can hear God's voice. John ten twenty seven says that my sheep know my voice, and the voice of another they will not follow. So we all can hear God's voice. So for those that want to just hear God's voice, not necessarily be a prophet, that
0: class is good for them as well. Oh, absolutely! Because as you mentioned in the beginning of the program, there could be uh, three signals being transmitted, folks. So you could oh, yeah. have the enemy, you could have God, and you could even have the flesh. Am I right, brother? Oh, that,
1: that, 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 that's like lesson two of my class. Um, when we get into the whole... Um, I'm going to lay this on you, and then we probably... I'm, I'm going I'm to close with this statement. Let your listeners chomp on this one for a while. The Bible says that we're to be careful of the voices that we hear, because we hear God's voice. We hear the voice of the deceiver, the devil. And we hear our voice. And I'm going to lay this little bombshell on you. And unfortunately, I am going to pull my bag of chips on this one. The thing about God's voice, the devil's voice, and my voice is they all sound like me. Uh oh. Yeah. In other words, when I hear God talking to me, I know it's God because it's in my voice. When the devil talks to me, it's in my voice. When I'm talking to me, you know that little voice on the inside you hear yourself thinking? That's that voice. And that's why the Bible says we have to be careful. That's a freebie. I'm going to let you all
0: chomp on that one. Brother Scott, uh, we have just scratched the service, So, folks, we're going to have him back on as his schedule permits. I, 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 I'm going to prophesy now I think we have to do 50 more shows.
1: <laughs> well... So
0: Scott. Give out your information uh, on how people can get a hold of you, order these uh, books, uh, support your ministry, and find out about where you're going to be, so they can come out there and be in service. Give that uh, information out again, please.
1: Yeah, they can get all that information um, at our our website, which is www. dot com. Anything they want to know about us, our materials. Um, our books, our CDs, our DVDs, and our upcoming events because we are going to be in different cities so they can see if I'm going to be in a city near them and maybe they can come out and see me live. Praise God. So you put all the dates up on that website, correct? Yes, there's a place. If you go to the website, there's a place called events, and if you hit that button,
0: it'll show you everywhere we're going to be. Brother, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on tonight. Before you go, would you bless us with uh, closing in prayer? I sure would do
1: that, sir. Well, Father God, I thank you for blessing everyone that's listening. Lord, I pray, I don't know what time zones everybody's in, but Lord, I would pray a spirit of revelation and dreams on them, Father God. Give them prophetic dreams as they sleep tonight, Lord. Refresh them and strengthen them, Father God. Give them your anointing in their resting place, Father God. And I thank you for blessing them tonight, Lord. I thank you for blessing Shannon and the whole radio network out there, Father God. I thank you for touching them. And I thank you that you're anointing. And I will say this. There's somebody out there that the Lord is telling me that God is going to heal them. And it's something with um, some bone in their arm. I don't know what that is, but I, I, and I know that sounds really lame, but I, I just hear the Lord saying it's something in the forearm, and, and I hear the Lord saying that he's going to bring a healing to that person. I believe it's a female. I don't know. I, I saw a girl with a, a cast thing on her hand or on her arm, and, and, and I just hear the Lord saying that he's going to heal that. And so, Lord, I thank you for blessing every person here, And I thank you for blessing Shannon, Lord. Increase him. Increase his ministry. Increase his family. And bless his ways. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: God bless you all. Thank you very much. Praise Praise God. Thank you, Brother Lathrop. We'll have you on again very soon. God bless you. God bless you, sir. You've been listening to uh, Scott Lathrop, prophet, pastor, evangelist. Scott Lathrop of Soul Bait Ministries. Folks, um... His website address is up in our show notes. It is soul, S-O-U-L, B-A-I-T, B-A-I-T ministries.com. And I would encourage you to go over there and get on his mailing list. Okay, he's based down in the Jacksonville, Florida area. And uh, get on his mailing list. If you can get out to any of uh, the dates that they're going to have, I believe he mentioned there's going to be one coming soon in New York. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, this this man is a true prophet. Uh, I will put my stamp of approval on Scott Lathrop. Uh, I have uh, had a chance to be ministered to by brother Lathrop. I have some uh, private words that he gave me that I'm seeing come to pass. Uh, one I will share on this uh, platform tonight is he said, your ministry will launch out of Gainesville. Another has launched out of there. Folks, five minutes up the road, we've got uh, Jensen Franklin. And uh, he said, it's not about you or any ability you have. It's about your heart. And that one right there blew me away. Because I thought I had some some skills. I don't have any skills, folks. God takes the simple things that confound the wise. He'll use anybody, anywhere. All you've got to do is be obedient. And uh, I just praise God tonight for for even a chance to do something. And uh, I've gotten reports that others uh, have been uh, in listening to the show, they're going to start radio broadcast. I praise God for that, because I look at that as fruit. Uh, I, I want to give kudos out to Brother Rick Wiles out there. He encouraged me. Uh, I asked a number of people. I said, I've been wanting to do a program for five years. I'm just not technically inclined to be able to put together all the hardware. How do I do it? And he was the only one that wrote me back, and he said, uh, blog, talk, radio. And uh, lo and behold, the day I looked at the program, we had a program going that very night, Five, six other reports have come in of people that uh, have seen the, uh, the vision and that God has put in their hearts of doing radio. And they're doing programs. I praise God for it. Uh, just things are exploding, folks. God's opening doors for people all over the world. He's pulling people out of the caves. You know, radio, TV, uh, street evangelism. So praise God for that. And I want to thank Blog Talk uh, Radio for making all this possible. But back to uh, Scott Lathrop. Uh, two years ago, uh, I'm very depressed. I've, I have a spirit of fear that is actually operating in me at that time. I was uh, paranoid. Uh, I believe it was all coming to an end. Uh, the New World Order on the scene, I believe that uh, we had a limited time. I believe that uh, a lot of things were ramping up, and and that they they did, folks. And But, you know, it, we got a little bit more time than I thought we did at that time. You know, God knows all about it. Uh, nothing's a surprise to him. But back to my point, I went in and I just needed a word from God, and I figured any word from God is good, good or bad, because if you hear a word, then it, He hasn't forgotten about you. And honestly, I, I believed i had missed the mark, and uh, He was angry. And so uh, my brother sets up the, uh, the the appointment. I'll never forget it. it was uh, It was right after Christmas, uh, two thousand eight, and getting ready to go into the new year. And I, he said, hey, you've got to meet this prophet. He's the real deal. And he's a friend. I said, brother, Damon, I said, hook it up. So he arranged. I went out there, and uh, in came Brother Lathrop. Never met the guy before. He didn't even know that I was uh, the brother of, of a good friend of his, my brother. And uh, we sat down in this little conference room. And what he'll do is, if you ever have a chance to be ministered to, by Brother Lathrop, he have this little recorder, this little MP3 recorder, he'll stick it on the desk, and whatever the Lord gives him for you, he'll record it, and he'll send you the file, which is pretty cool. And uh, so he sits there and and didn't know me from Adam, and uh, he asked me you know, for my name, and that was about it. And then, boom, he gave me a prophecy that just blew my socks off. And he says, what else do you need, Brother? And I said, Brother, I need uh, the spirit of fear cast out of me. And I'm not ashamed to say that I had Brother Latrum lay hands on me and cast out a spirit of fear. And uh, so uh, Scott operates in evangelism, deliverance, healing, and he holds the office of a prophet. He is the real deal. And I'll tell you, folks, I I took that back and I said, these are some good words, but uh, I wonder if they're going to come to pass or not. And lo and behold, two years later, I see things uh, coming to pass. You know, when I was getting a word, he he told me things that only I knew. I mean, I was asking God, God, if you would just do so-and-so. And he says, God is saying, you know, I'm, I'm, you're looking for so-and-so. I mean, and <laughs> the point is, is he was spot on, folks. Not everybody who says that they are a prophet is a true prophet, okay? There are many false prophets, just as in Jeremiah's time. He was a true prophet of the day. He goes in to tell Israel. God has said, I'm going to judge you. And if you don't lay down your arms and go into captivity, you're going to die trying to fight the Babylonians. And then a false prophet was raised up and says, in two years you shall be victorious. And they went down to Egypt for help, and Egypt uh, snubbed them. And what happened? Just what Jeremiah the prophet said. That false prophet died, by the way. And uh, they were taken into captivity over there. So there's the true and there's the real prophet. The Bible has many emphasis of it you know and you've got to be able to discern the spirits. and so uh, a great way to do that is get a hold of this book over at soul bait ministries that he was mentioning tonight. It's available on the website and he has a school of the prophets and it's got some great material excuse me um, available through the ministry there so i just wanted to share that aside that uh, i got to meet the man he is the real deal and when you meet the real deal folks it's pretty awesome uh, Michael Boldea and Dimitri Dudeman are the real deal. They are true prophets of God, and uh, Jonathan Hanson, Doctor Jonathan Hanson, he's <laughs> powerful ministry. Uh, I mean, there, there's some that I've met, and there's some that uh, have said things that still I've got on the back shelf. You know, waiting to see if it'll be fulfilled. But uh, I just wanted to just say that uh, I love and appreciate Brother Scott. He's a good man. He's a humble man. Uh, Doing a real work of the Lord, that's a ministry you want to get behind, folks. So I would encourage you become part of his mailing list, order the materials that are out there, support him. Uh, you know, you tie them to a ministry like that, they're going to go over and win souls in Siberia, Russia. And even if you can't go over there yourself, uh, you're going to reap in the same harvest anytime you sow into a ministry. One sows a seed, another one waters it, they both reap. That's what Paul said. So uh, praise God for him. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about having him back on. I want to find out what the angel told him is coming on America. I also didn't get a chance to ask him to, uh, to tell us about what he saw in the realm of deliverance. Now, he told me something offline, but I'll save it and have him tell you himself. Uh, they really saw some stuff over there in Russia. And that uh, just lit lit me up because, you know, I love deliverance. Uh, in fact, I was even attacked this morning. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you, folks. It is kind of comical. I'm uh, I didn't get to bed till 5 a.m. You know, we did so much radio last night, um, and we did two shows. You know, just like tonight. You know, God's really ramping this thing up. I, I'll set out to do one show, and I'll be on for four or five hours. You know, too. So praise God for the doors. But I'm sitting there. I, I you know I'd been like asleep for four hours, and all of a sudden I, I heard something went, boo, and uh, it was like uh, a face. It went boo. And it startled me. It woke me up out of my sleep, and then it disappeared, and I could feel the cold. I don't know what it was. An imp? Somebody astral projecting, someone who didn't like the uh, deliverance that we did last night, folks. When these mass deliverance take place, God's on the scene. He heals. Jesus Christ sets the captives free. There's an anointing when you do spiritual warfare, mass deliverance, and you set people free. And the enemy doesn't like it. But I, the only reason I share that to you, I don't want you to think I'm nuts. I mean, I literally had that happen. It went boo! It was like a, a, a Casper the, the Ghost face. And just as fast as it came, I, I said, I bind you in Jesus' name. Thing disappeared and ran off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. It was kind of funny. Um, you got to do spiritual defense, so okay? Because this is not a laughing matter. But greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. You know, do self-deliverance, apply the blood of Jesus to you. Ask God to loose warrior angels with flaming swords to encircle your property. He saw angels. You know, that's what I want to see, folks. And, you know, that will really strengthen your faith. You just catch a glimpse of them. But, you know, we asked for them, but uh, it would really make the difference if once in a while God let you see a glimpse of what's going on out there. But, I mean, it's real, folks. And, uh, you know, that's what binding loosing is about. You can loose have God and loose angels in Jesus' name for your protection. You know, the spirits of God, uh, there's a lot of cool things that we're just learning about. Back to an earlier show, we were talking about warfare prayers. We're going to go into some of that. And, you know, when Warley had a revelation of this, uh, Dr. Marcus Haggard had a revelation of this. The real power of binding and loosing. And so back to Scott Lathrop, I'm in, uh, looking forward to having him back on and have him share some experiences of what he saw in the area of deliverance, you know that's right up my alley. I love that stuff, and uh, you know just just a great ministry. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm recharged tonight. I didn't even have my second coffee. When you get a guest on like that, I mean it just make. I mean it just uh, it's cool. It's cool to know that God is real, that God is doing things, and it will get you excited about going to the mission field. You know how cool that would be. Go to Russia. You know, I heard Bob Larson did a, uh, a seminar over there, and he came back with some cool stories. That's what excites me, folks. I mean, they're hungry for it over there. Here in America, you might have three people show up. What's wrong with us? I mean, why are we flip-flopping? Uh, why did Andrew Strom get stopped at the border? I believe the judgment of God is falling on this country, and God's saying, time up. Now it's time for some hardcore things to happen. And that's why he's ramping up ministries. And so, uh, you know, just as they're prospering and they're getting more freedom, we seem to be getting the opposite over here. What they used to, to be, we're becoming. I mean, uh, toward this you know, you're ground zero, folks, for the end of the world. It's going to be here. We're going to see all that uh, those people went through food shortages, famine, martial law, persecution for the gospel. But uh, through that, we're also going to do exploits, it says. So, you know, we don't have to have fear. Got a spirit of fear, you cast it out in Jesus' name like I had it cast out of me. And, uh, you know, God stripped that from me and uh, gave me a revelation that uh, it's exciting to be alive in this hour and to be part of this end-time ministry. Okay, he's called every one of us to do something. You know, not everybody has been called to be a prophet or an evangelist, you know, or a teacher or a preacher. Uh, Whatever he's called you to do, though, uh, he will equip you to do it, he'll train you to do it, and then you need to do it. Uh, Don't sit on the talents that God has given you. And, uh, you know, I'm speaking to myself here, I I wasted a lot of time uh, in obeying God. And, uh, you know, wake up, now's the time to get busy doing something, because we don't have a lot of time. But uh, we're going to see some exciting things happen before it's all over with. I believe we'll see angels. I believe we'll see demonic spirits. I believe we'll see babies brought back to life. I mean, it says that signs that shall follow them that believe is they will cast out demons in my name, they shall speak in new tongues, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You know, they'll tread on serpents and scorpions, they'll uh, drink poison. You could be in a restaurant one day and a witch and warlock could poison your food. That's what that verse is all about. You better pray before you eat, folks. There's attacks coming. And when Satan knows that you're coming against his kingdom and you've got uh, a revelation of your power and spiritual warfare that Jesus gave you, binding and loosing, they put you on a list. You become a marked man and woman. Pray over your food. Command any uh, curses. Put on it. Go back to sender sevenfold in Jesus' name. I learned that from Stan Madrick. It's a good point. You know, ask God to send angels down to protect you at night. Command any demonic spirits to go in Jesus' name. Close any demonic gateways. If you don't know what they are, ask God to reveal them to you. And, you know, you're going to overcome. So uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Tomorrow night, let me recap. We're going to have Pastor Johnny Ova, Rock Rodrigo, on at 8 p.m. They're going to be doing an Elijah Challenge training. They trained under William Lau. And uh, it's going to be exciting to have them come on and minister. And we're going to have Peter Kulin live from Sweden, my good friend Peter. Petros, as I call him, ISAV, and I'm not talking about the clone, (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: ISAV Radio, Peter's actually starting a program, God bless him, he's invited me and honored me to let me come on uh, the program with him, we're going to be doing that, Uh, we're going to have an awesome time in the Lord, and I want you to go check out ISAV Radio, God bless him. And others that are uh, doing the work of the Lord and being obedient, we're going to have Pat Holiday on Saturday night. Doctor Pat, you'll learn something if you tune in. One of the most prolific deliverance writers of all time. If you haven't got a book, get the book. City Under the Sea, The Witch Doctor, and the Man Bishop Canco. And we're going to have a mass deliverance. That's an anointed mass deliverance, folks. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm praising God tonight for what He's doing. I want everyone to uh, tell a friend the best thing you could do for me would be to pray that the Lord uh, would protect me because attacks are coming, folks. And uh, that uh, tell tell a friend to tune in. Just shoot an email and say, hey, check out the Omega Man radio show. You know, I'm going to try to have something for everyone. We're going to bring on a variety of guests, talk about a variety of topics, have a little bit of fun in the process. And um, Go check out WRWpublications.com before I forget. Uh, they have their uh, the online WRW book room back online, over 500 Win Worley titles. F- folks, quality delivers material for $3, I mean, you can, I mean for uh, for stuff that you can smite the enemy with. I mean, get a hold of it. I mean, you know, sacrifice a cheeseburger or a uh, Starbucks and get a hold of something that you can actually make a difference with, all right? Uh, God bless you tonight. I hope I haven't rambled too long. Um, And I will see you on the next program.